Hey everybody, happy Super Bowl Hype Week. Sam Mellinger here, sports columnist with the Kansas City Star, and I'm grateful for you listening to the 41st episode of the Mellinger Minutes for Your Years podcast. Our goal today, just like always, is to be worth your time. Uh, this week we're going to do that with a specific breakdown of the Super Bowl matchup between the Chiefs and the Bucks, which, no exaggeration here at all, I think this is the best quarterback matchup of my lifetime. Um, we have another great round of questions uh, from national media's view of, of Patrick Mahomes, his stubborn commitment to this bit where he pretends he's disrespected and a few questions on the best way to enjoy next weekend's game we're going to finish with some audio from the Chiefs players as they prepare for the super bowl uh the star is running a special promotion for the sports pass right now a dollar a month for three months for all of our sports coverage including more original chiefs content than you can find anywhere else you can find that on our website or just reach out to me twitter facebook email whatever and i'll send you the link appreciate all of you who've listened and written in asking for the link your support means everything to me and the people i work with so thank you very much Okay, I want to make three specific points about the Super Bowl. Um, the first is the legacy part of this. And I have a column that, that should be on the website by the time you hear this. And I hope you check it out because there is a lot more detail in there than we have time for uh, with this podcast here. And look, like I know some of you are hesitant when people like me talk about legacy, uh, you know, because people like me probably do that too often. But it is also true that this stuff matters. Um, it matters to the people involved. It matters to the people watching. It's what we often talk about. And it's also true that I, I'm not sure how many Super Bowls or forget Super Bowls, like championship games in any sport that have had this much of that on the line. Like if, if the Bucks win... Brady probably has that goat case locked and loaded until the end of time um, when he'll probably still be playing quarterback by then, by the way. But, you know, seven Super Bowls, I mean, like, come on, like that doesn't it just doesn't make sense. Um, If the Chiefs win, then Mahomes is kind of building his own case here. Like he's still a long, 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 long way off, guys. Uh, Let's be clear about that. But if it's six to two in rings and Mahomes is only twenty five. I mean, that's younger than Brady was when he won his second, you know, uh, then you can at least squint a little bit and see how Mahomes might have a case someday. It's truly like legendary stuff, like football history in the making. And I, I don't know who will win, obviously. I mean, we'll, we'll get more into that later, but I do feel like 100% sure, like even if this isn't a particularly great game, and I actually think it will be, but e- even if it's not a particularly like aesthetically interesting or whatever game this is one of those super bowls where the the result of this is going to be talked about for years mahomes brady i mean this is the the tentacles of this thing are going to last for a long long time um you know we'll we'll all probably be sick of hearing this by the end of the week but um you know this really is that game um okay the second part um i I want to like the, the way that the chiefs might lose right and I think the most direct pass seems to be through the tackles, right? Literally. The, the Chiefs are going to be playing with their second choice at left tackle, Mike Remmers, and, and their third choice at right tackle, Andrew Wiley. That means that, that both of their best offensive linemen, Eric Fisher and Mitch Schwartz, both of them are going to be out. And, you know, the Bucks are the wrong team to play against without you starting tackles because a lot of what they do defensively is built around Shaq Barrett rushing from one edge and then Jason Pierre-Paul rushing from the other. Um, pro football focus has Shaq Barrett with 88 quarterback pressures this season and Pierre Paul with 59. And Dominican Sue and William Golston, those guys are strong in the middle too. Um, they've got 109 more pressures up the middle. Like So this is a significant problem because 
you know, even as the Chiefs line has played better in this postseason, this is by far their biggest test of the playoffs. Um, you know, the 49ers had a similar setup last year, but at least then the Chiefs line was whole. You know, like I keep thinking about this, like if things, you know, as, as they currently stand with the Chiefs line, like I don't know that they'll have time to run Wasp. You know what I mean? So, you know, there are counters that the Chiefs can make, of course. And, you know, I'd also point out that it seems as like, I don't know if you guys feel like this, but to me, it seems like when one mismatch is this obvious going into a game, it seems like by kickoff, the coaches have made adjustments to counter. And, you know, Andy Heck, the offensive line coach, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, they're smart enough to, to figure some things out, even without the extra week to prep. So, you know, at that point, assuming they do that, it becomes an interesting kind of cat and mouse game of of what those things are because if if it's quicker passes then now those bucks defensive backs can get closer to the line of scrimmage and and now the chiefs can be a little bit more surgical but when they take their shots downfield um you know if it's holding holding in backs to protect or putting an extra tight end on the field then that's fewer receivers that the bucks have to cover and fewer options for mahomes when he drops back like this is that nerdy part of the football game where things are often won or lost and you know this one is even more interesting than most like the outcome here on you know this cat and mouse thing between the chiefs kind of makeshift line and and the bucks just bunch of pirate (laughs) pass rushers um, that's gonna have an outsized effect on who wins I, i i can promise you that um, okay, then the third thing that I want to mention here is is the Chiefs' defense. And of everything we're talking about here at the top of the show, like this is the one you'll probably hear the least about if you're on the national shows or coverage. And that's not a criticism, guys. I'm not criticizing anybody who, who, who doesn't talk about the Chiefs' defense because, you know, if you could only write one thing or two things about this game, there's no way it would be about the Chiefs' defense, right? Like, I mean, heck, like this is the third thing I'm mentioning here. But that group's improvement, has not come as obvious or early as it did last year. But if you take into account, you know, the quality of opponent, they've easily had their best three-game stretch of the season right now. And, you know, we're, we're leaving out the Week 6, 17, you know, junior varsity game here. But this is by far their best three-game stretch of the season. And you could make a case, actually, that these three games, and I'm talking about the Falcons, the Browns, and especially the Bills. God, they were good against the Bills. You could make a case that these are the best three games that the defense has had all season. Um, and that, I mean, that matters. Uh, that matters a lot. The coverage in the back end in particular has just been so strong. Like, and, and we talk a lot all season and we should, and we will continue to, um, you know, we talk about those guys up front, you know, the team strategy has, has been built around Chris Jones and Frank Clark and that pass rush. And those guys have been good too, um, these last few games, but some of their pressures and sacks in this postseason have been because the coverage isn't giving the quarterback any options. And, you guys, like, I don't remember thinking that or talking about that much, if at all, during the regular season. Um, and, and the Bucks' offense is really good. Like, the, this is the best offense the Chiefs have played, certainly in the playoffs and, and, you know, going back a ways before that. You know, Mike Evans is a star, and he's not the only one. Like, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Rob Gronkowski, Ronald Jones. I mean, like, you know, Tom Brady's no dummy. Like, he, he chose the Bucks for a reason. Um, but these teams did play once before um, in the same stadium even, right? And the Chiefs defense has essentially shut the Bucks down for three quarters. Um, you know, the Bucks punted on their first four possessions. And, you know, that's because the Chiefs did enough to pressure Brady. And, you know, actually both his interceptions came against blitz pressure. So, look, the Bucks are better now 
than they were then. Um, but I would say the same thing is true about the Chiefs' defense. So, you know, the, the Bucks' defense, they're going to get more attention in the analysis over the next nine days than the Chiefs' defense is, and that's entirely reasonable. You know, they've been better, and they're the ones that are going against Mahomes. But there will be chances for the Chiefs' defense in this one, too, particularly if they can find a way to create pressure. And if they do that, I think the outcome of this one might surprise a lot of people because, you know, one thing that people aren't talking a lot about, at least yet, is the truth is that Tom Brady has not been great in the postseason. He just hasn't. He, he was 18 of 33 for 199 yards against the Saints. And then he threw three interceptions against the Packers. Um, you know, if, if the Chiefs can get that kind of result, then there is no way that the Bucks defense is going to keep it close. Um, they're just not. So... Okay, uh, before we move on to the rest of the show, uh, this podcast is free, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to ask you one more time to join us behind the paywall. Uh, We work hard to bring you information and perspectives that you can't get in other places. We have the most journalists covering the Chiefs beat, including three of us going down to Tampa for the game, by the way. Uh, The most combined experience around the team, the most perspectives. You know, please help support us by giving the Sports Pass a try. Again, you can join for a dollar a month for the first three months or $30 for a year. You can find those links online or reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, email, whatever, and and I'll send them along. Okay, quick break, and then we'll be back with some questions. If you want to participate in next week's show, the last one before the Super Bowl, please call 816-234-4365. Leave your first name, where you're calling from, and almost literally any question. Put the number in your phone, call anytime, 816-234-4365, or as the great reader Michael points out, 816-BEG-IDLE. Quick break, and then we'll be back with those questions, starting with Brian. Hey, Sam. Brian from Illinois. Question. I'm wondering, do you think the national media simply doesn't know what to do with Patrick Mahomes? And I ask that for the following reason. After the uh, conference championship weekend, the main storyline was Brady getting back to his 10th Super Bowl, and for understandable reasons. But in the very next segment, or sometimes even paragraph, the uh, media will pivot to Mahomes, and what a remarkable performance he he had on the AFC Championship game with all of the accolades and statistics that make him on it that put him on a trajectory for an all-time great stand uh, all-time great status what i'm wondering sam and i'm curious if you agree do you think that the media doesn't really know what to do with mahomes level of greatness at this age i tend to think that might be the case and here's why if the media really focused on Mahomes the way we do, the way we understand it, it would require a complete and total recalibration of how we think of current quarterbacks in the NFL, as well as all-time greats. For example, Aaron Rodgers, who's one in four in conference championship games, would have to be looked at slightly differently and clearly not as the best player in the NFL this past year, even though he was remarkably efficient. Even Tom Brady, who's a quarterback built for the 90s, has to be looked at a little differently, given that what we're seeing from Patrick Mahomes is really unparalleled to anything we've seen at the position. And I just don't know if the media is ready to abandon their established narratives to embrace just how good Patrick Mahomes is. Curious if you agree with that. Thanks. Bye.
Well, so I need to be honest about at least two things here. Um, the first is that I don't really pay all that much attention to what I think people are referring to when they say national media. Uh, we mentioned this a couple times, but they look, there are people like Therese or Peter King, Jenny Brentis, Sam Farmer, Bill Barnwell, Mina Kimes. Uh, I pay a lot of attention to those people. Um, but it seems to me that when people talk about like national media in this context, like what they're really talking about is like, you know, sort of the take factory shows that you can see on ESPN or FS1 or whatever. You know, you're talking about Stephen A. Smith or, you know, Colin Coward or Nick Wright or people like that. And look, I love Nick. Um, he's a friend and I actually think he's great at what he does. Um, but I can't sit here and say I pay enough attention to that ecosystem to answer what you're saying insightfully. So fine, you might say, if you can't answer for them, why did you include this question? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because I don't know what the hell to do with this guy either. <laughs> you know, like he is absolutely absurd. You guys, like there's never been anything like Mahomes ever. And, you know, sometimes when you just say things that are like objectively true, you start to sound like an insane person, right? If you say things like, uh, well, yeah, like his worst season is either the time he won league MVP or the time that he won Super Bowl MVP or the time that he went 14 and one and beat every playoff team he faced and went to the Super Bowl. Like, you can't say things like that without saying you're crazy. Like, you, you can't say, like, um, hey, did you know the Chiefs are 11-1 and one when Mahomes has a passer rating under 90 because they still average 29 points in those games? Like, you can't do that without saying, like, you like oh, hey, uh, here's a guy. This guy has won eight of his last nine games when trailing by at least 10 points. Like, if you say things like this, people just think you're just saying random words put randomly together. So like, I don't like if the national media doesn't know what to do with him, then, you know, I can relate. Right. Um, you know, I've said this since the middle of the 2018 season, guys, like we might be watching the greatest career in NFL history from the ground up here. That is absolutely in play. And there are a lot of hurdles to clear between then and now, but that's where this thing is headed. And so if there's a bit of caution in not wanting to say he's like already the greatest, then I'd say good because he's not, you know, the guy he's playing next weekend has six rings for crying out loud, but anything is possible with Mahomes, which is, you know, really the whole point. Right. Um, so, okay. Um, here's, uh, here's another Mahomes question. Hi, Sam. This is Keith from Staten. Um, and as a, as a subscriber and as a chief fan, I would like to make a request that you write an article detailing in as much information or as uh, as as egregious as you can to to point out all the deficiencies that Patrick Mahomes has as a quarterback and why he will be unsuccessful in the Super Bowl. So if you could do that, that would be great. Uh, preferably before Mahomes leaves the area, so he has an opportunity to see that. Um, that would be great and would be a real benefit to us Chiefs fans prior to the Super Bowl. Thanks. Have a great day. I get where you're coming from here, Keith, and if Mahomes responded to a column with a taking notes emoji, I would pin it to my profile for a week. But um, honestly, like, what am I going to say? Um, his average air yards per attempt on left-handed passes is pretty small, right? Um, he's uh, apparently good for one injury per year that looks gruesome when it happens, but has gone within two games tops. Uh, he's slower than Lamar Jackson. Are these insults? Um, the thing about him is, like, Look, like, I'm not, again, like, I know we said this in the beginning, but, like, you can't talk about this guy without sounding crazy. Like, he might be the perfect quarterback. Like, and that's a crazy thing to say. Nobody's perfect. But, like, 
That's what it looks like with him, right? Like nobody makes more spectacular throws than he does. And he just had the lowest interception rate in the league, you guys. Like, so you're getting all, like, all the benefits of the risk, all, all of the reward without any of the downsides of the risk. Like, it, it just, <laughs> you can't, you see what I'm saying? Like, you can't talk about this guy and sound like a rational human being. It's impossible, even when you're just, like, saying things that are true. Um, he also happens to be a spectacular teammate. Um, he is at his best in the biggest moments, you know? Like, what are you going to do, right? Like, uh, if you want to talk trash on Patrick Mahomes, the best you can do while being honest is that he really might be the worst slider in modern NFL history. Uh, I mean, he's like atrocious at this. And for all the talk about his baseball background, it's just, it makes, that, that part of it makes no sense either. So there, right? Like he is a god-awful slider. Um, take notes on that, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Hey, Sam, this is Adam from Shawnee. And I'm calling to ask you literally any question uh, per your request, exactly. Um, I'm calling about a Super Bowl driveway tailgate party. You mentioned that might be a decent idea in your Nellinger Minutes uh, column. So it got me thinking. I am curious about doing that as well. The weather looks decent. We have learned to survive colder weather in these times. But I'm curious what your driveway tailgate setup would exactly be uh, what would it look like obviously most importantly what's on the menu what are you asking people to bring um what, what are your priorities there thanks for thanks for li listening to this yeah buddy uh, now we are talking um so the dream setup you got to include one of those like outdoor inflatable screens with the pregame on right but i that's all assumed here right like we're just talking about food so um, you know, look, if it's me, um, and I'm a bit of a weirdo, but if it's me, I'm doing a bunch of ribs. Um, everybody likes ribs. They're a great party food because they're messy, but they're messy in like an accessible way that you can talk about. You know, they get people talking. And, you know, if you're a three, two, one guy like me, the cooking time really works out. You can heat up the grill, get the ribs on in the morning and have them ready pretty easily by three or four. So perfect for pregame. You know, then after you take the ribs off, I'm going to open up the grill a little bit and do some burgers. And so that's the meat, right? We got that taken care of. And then you're free to have everybody else bring sides. Um, if you have the right friends, uh, you can make sure one of them bring wing, brings wing dip. And you can make sure that one of them brings queso, preferably uh, Velveeta with Rotel because we are not animals. And then I'm not the biggest dessert guy, to be honest with you, but I know most people are. So look, somebody's going to bring cookies or brownies or something like that, too. So, um, you know, really, like with this setup, um, the only thing you're missing is wings, which, you know, I'll be honest, is not ideal. Right. <laughs> right. Like I, I would like to have wings. But here's where I'm at on this. You're essentially choosing between wings and ribs. Right. Because I, I don't know how feasible it is for one person to do both. But um, and if you're going to tell me that you'd rather do wings than ribs, like, cool. I respect it. 
obviously, um, I just enjoy the process of making ribs more than I do wings. And, you know, also if you really have the right friends, you know, maybe you can lean on one of them to bring the wings, right? Um, So look, I'm going to be in Tampa for the game, but like (laughs) talking about all this, just locked it up that I'm going to have ribs and wings at some point before I go down there. So, um, okay, uh, here's a man with a great name. Hey, Sam, this is Juice from OP, long time, first time. I listen to the podcast every week and enjoy it. My question to you, I hear you're a man of good beer and fine whiskeys. I was fortunate enough to find some Weller 12-year and E.H. Taylor single barrel this holiday season. Which one should I crack open on February 7th to ease my nerves? Thanks for taking my call. That's the good stuff, Juice. Um, and I'm going to answer you in two different ways. Uh, the first is as your friend. And I have to say, I'm not sure you want to be uh, nerve drinking <laughs> your best whiskey uh, during the Super Bowl. You know, that's that's what a friend would say. So that's what I'm going to say right here. Um, you know, there are a lot of ways that could end, but I think they all involve way too much of your best whiskey and a foggy at best fourth quarter for you. So uh, for me, maybe the move is to, you know, pour like two or three fingers um, around kickoff, maybe a little bit before, you know, get things started. Uh, but then you got to downshift the domestics until after the game, right? Like something like that. I think that's a more responsible plan um can we do that juice um the the second way i'll answer your question is uh to tell you that you know look me and weller 12 year are quite fond of one another so okay one last question here and then we will take that break good evening my name is sharon i'm calling from independence missouri i don't have a question but i just want to uh make a comment that for the first 30 years of my marriage i uh my 58-year marriage, I only watched uh, replays about football, and later when our sons came along, the same thing. However, since we moved back to uh, Missouri after being gone for 31 years, I started watching football, which amazed all my family, and uh, for the last five or six years, I've been actually reading the sports page, and I have thoroughly enjoyed your columns thank you very much keep up the good work take care bye-bye that's it you guys i know it's not a question but you should just be more like sharon would you that's all i'm saying um okay quick break and then we are back with some sound from the chiefs Okay, we're going to do something a little bit different with this segment, uh, this last segment this week. And I'm going to try to tell you a story to make a point, give you some insight. And I'm going to do that using specific clips from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes from their availability on Thursday. So first, a little bit of a setup. As you all know, um, all of our official access to players and coaches this year has been through video calls like Zoom. It's been a frustration for me and others in this business, and I know that nobody wants to hear about the struggles of a sports writer ever, um, particularly during a pandemic. I get all that, and I think you guys know how happy I am to be able to do this for a living. So my frustration is in you know that lack of sort of person-to-person in the same room 
man-to-man kind of stuff has limited my ability to tell you the stories and provide you the insight that we'd have in normal times to, you know, do my job, to, you know, sort of provide you, hopefully, some value. Um, It's just, it's so much harder to do that. And there are days that I feel like I'm failing, but, you know, look, like we're all doing the best we can. And, um, you know, again, some days I feel better about what I can tell you than others, but this all comes up. uh, This is all a setup to tell you that, you know, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes on Thursday gave us all some insight into how they're feeling right now and approaching next week's Super Bowl. And look, we're going to start with Andy and, you know, look, he's never all that revealing during the season, but even by those standards, um, you know, his 12 minutes or so on Thursday were a big fat. And I, I guess I'll alter the term a little bit because it's Andy. It was just, it was a nothing cheeseburger is what it was. There are a bunch of clips that we could pull on this, but I guess I might as well give you the clip of of Andy answering my question. I was asking, you know, sort of whether um, in a rematch like this, um, even week 12, which isn't that long ago, but in a rematch like this, if he gets more insight from the film of that first game when these two teams played, or whether even that first, you know, um, even with that game just being a few months ago, or if the teams change so quickly that there's more insight from the recent games, right? Um, Okay, anyway, so here's Andy. One of the advantages of having a week is you look at every game. I mean, that's just how you go back through and roll with it. So, um, but they're, listen, they're a hot football team right now, and they're doing some really good things and uh, both on both sides of the ball. I mean, Tom looked as good as he's looked that first half, and um, I mean, it's a tribute to their coaches and Tom and the guys around him. So, and then defensively, uh, Todd does a, a ton of things on defense so um we've got to you know you got to be sharp when you're playing against the top top bulls team so there's really nothing there right like (laughs) like i love the tone of andy's words too and he was like that throughout the call like just monotone you know careful to say as little as possible repeat earlier points credit the other side you know, if you listen closely and do it a few times, like I have, like it, you can almost hear his mind working as his mouth is talking. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's like the mouth is saying like all this nothingness, but it's because in his brain he's thinking about everything that has to be done, and he's thinking about everything behind those nothing words, right? Like all the film, all the scheme, all the game planning, the adjustments from the first game, the adjustments he expects the Bucks to make, and then the adjustments he has to be ready to make off of that. He's just, he's buried in this stuff, right? And isn't, that's how you'd want your coach, right? So um, I, I just, he's trying not to be revealing, but I feel like if you know him and after you've been around him for a while, it's kind of revealing, if you know what I mean. So, um, okay, now, now let's listen to a little bit of Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, Mahomes, just like Andy, uh, he can be unintentionally revealing in these spots as well, if you know what to listen to and on what level. Um, you know, there are times in the post game where he is just visibly down, um, even after wins. I'm thinking of the Chargers game in particular, uh, you know, the week three when they won in overtime. Um, and, you know, when he's like that, it means that he's unhappy with himself or something else about the performance. He just he does not hide that stuff very well. Um, he's just like he's honest with his personality in that way, I guess. 
And then there are times like this week when his eyes are bright and, you know, it may even be something as subtle as the way he says he's ready to start the call. But you can just see with this guy, like the mood that he's in, you can hear it in his words. Like on, on Thursday, like right off the bat, he referenced like some of this craziness going on with the Reddit board messing with the stock market and all that stuff. So you knew he was on one, um, you know, kind of before the call even started. So anyway, the first clip we're going to play you here, um, I guess well, let, let's do the question that I asked on this one, too. It was about what I've sort of come to call the, the Petty Patrick Screw You Tour, right? Where he's just regularly mocking any disrespect he sees or creates. <laughs> um, and so anyway, I asked if he remembers the first time he did something like that and whether he genuinely feels disrespected or whether this is just sort of a game he's playing. Um, okay, here's his answer. I don't, I don't remember the first time. I kind of It's kind of in the moment type thing. Um, you don't necessarily, it's not like it's premeditated. I guess that'd be the word for it, watching my law and order. Um, but uh, no, it, it's just something that kind of comes out whenever you're in the, when you're in the game and, and you're trying to do what you can uh, to, to win and you, you kind of let that excitement out. But uh, uh, it's not that I feel disrespected. I mean, uh, I mean, we, we, we get a lot of respect in this, but at the same time, uh, this this team, it's it's like uh, we weren't winning by enough. I guess that's a stat. Um, so we wanted to make sure everybody knew that we could still play good football when we wanted to. That's gold, you guys. Um, I mean, it's got the the law and order thing. You know, he's in the moment, and you know, like my favorite part of this is he even finds a he finds a way to find disrespect, even as he's admitting the team is not disrespected. Right? Like this is. <laughs> This is amazing. He's saying, no, we, yes, like we, we get a lot of respect. We're not disrespected. And then in the next breath, not even the same breath, he's saying, you know, I guess we weren't winning games by enough. I didn't know that was a stat. Like this is like, this is just, <laughs> this is, I, it's just different stuff. Um, okay, one more clip. And this is an answer from Vahe's question. Um, Vahe asked Patrick if he knows the first time that he became aware of Brady. Probably September 17th, 1995 when I was born. And he's been around for a while. Chef's kiss, right? And uh, I, I'm not playing these clips just to play them, right? Um, here's the payoff. I'm play, playing these clips to help you get a feel for what these guys are feeling. And here are the Chiefs' two most important leaders. Um, Tyron Matthew is not far behind, but he is a bit behind. But this is the two most important leaders on the team, and they are telling you exactly how they are feeling, even if it's not worth their, with their literal words. Like Andy is telling you that he is sort of mustache deep in problem solving and that he barely has time for this, but he'll handle it professionally because that's how he does it, but you're not going to get much juice out of the squeeze from him. You know what I mean? And then here comes Patrick. And he's telling you pretty clearly that he is loose, he is confident, he is visibly excited for the moment he has been working toward because he knows this is how quarterbacks are judged. He knows what it means that he's able to do this against one of the greatest of all time. And he's absolutely in that zone that we've seen from him so often, like embracing the biggest moments, never overwhelmed, always on point. Um, you know, I, look, I want to tell you something like this space originally, uh, this part of the show, um, I wanted to play you some clips of guys talking specifically about this game and the matchups because there's a lot of fascinating stuff in there. Um, Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones in particular, they were great with this stuff on Thursday. But I've always seen my job as trying to provide you with the best insight I possibly can and to use, you know, my time and relationships and everything else around the team to help you know this team better. 
right? Like that's what I'm here for. And I am telling you what, like they, again, they did not do this intentionally at all. But with the way they did the calls on Thursday, I thought Reed and Mahomes gave you a ton of insight into exactly where they are right now. Um, and you know what? Like if you're a Chiefs fan, like they're probably exactly where you want them to be too, right? Like you want Andy Reid mustache deep in problem solving and you want Mahomes to be loose and ready for this moment. I think that's exactly where they are and that's what they that's what they were telling us on Thursday. Okay, guys, uh, that's our show this week. Um, I appreciate you so much for listening. I hope we're worth your time. And if I can impose, I hope we're worth subscribing to, rating, and reviewing. It really helps us get the word out. Thanks to Savannah Smith for putting this together. Thanks to everybody who called in, even those we couldn't get to this week. And again, the biggest thanks to you for listening. Let's do it again next week. One more show before the Super Bowl. Have a great weekend. Be kind.